feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter, when I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, some great news for the family of hostages. A deal has been reached between Israel and Hamas, which would allow for the release of the 50 innocent civilians. All 240 are innocent victims of this brutal assault by Hamas. And now we're getting word that 50 women and children um, mostly Israelis, but also others. There could be even potentially some Americans in that batch will be released. It looks like in a matter of days, potentially as early as 24 hours. We are also hearing that after that, Israel and Hamas in principle, and of course, you never know when you're dealing with ruthless terrorists, but Hamas is saying that they might consider the option of then every day, basically, 10 more hostages could be released if they could continue the ceasefire. Of course, the negative is the ceasefire also allows for Hamas to potentially regroup, to potentially rearm, to potentially escape. But of course, it is pivotal to get those hostages freed And in return, by the way, they are not only getting a ceasefire of at least four days, but likely they will also get the release of 150 Palestinian prisoners, those who have been taken captive by Israel. Many of them are considered pretty bad folks, but Israel says it is important to free those innocent people that were captured brutally by Hamas. On October 7th, this is a huge development tonight because this is the beginning of at least potentially if Hamas keeps its word, if everything goes as planned, they are expecting within potentially 24 hours that we could see the release, potentially all 50 or it could be just 10 at first and then another 10 and another 10 and another 10. Most likely they are saying women and children. And we know that women and children are amongst the 240-plus that have been held hostage by Hamas and Islamic Jihad since October 7th. What is your reaction to the deal? I think, uh, by the way, it's obviously a great, great development, I think, especially for the families to see so many people potentially let out and freed. That would be terrific and great news. But the question is, what happens next? What will Hamas do in the meantime? Will they take advantage of this window? Why are they now so desperate to get that window? Obviously, they had to have planned that Israel would be coming in and striking after they came in and slaughtered 1,200 plus people on October 7th. They planned that attack. We hear from, you know, multiple reports for two years. So surely they had to have planned for the counteroffensive. They knew Israel was going to go in. 
and, you know, bomb the heck out of them, then go and to try to take out all of the Hamas infrastructure. This wasn't a surprise. But the question is, what will they do if it's three, four days? They've already said there cannot be any drones. There cannot be any eyes in the sky. So this is a very important moment because who knows what they can do on the ground or underground in those tunnels. What is your reaction to this? Is this a fair deal? Is it an appropriate deal? Obviously, if you are a family member of one of those hostages, uh, you would do anything to bring them home. And this is, I think, great news. The question is, what will Hamas do in the meantime? What will Iran do? Of course, the head of the snake that is providing funding to Hamas and Hezbollah and others. And also, the question is, we don't know at this point, what's the tip-off with Hezbollah and some of these other groups? Because, yes, Hamas is getting a ceasefire from Israel. Israel has been pounding, as we know, thousands of targets, especially starting in northern Gaza. And now they are moving down. They also got to El Shifa Hospital and some of these others. But the question is, will these other groups do a ceasefire? Will Hamas do a ceasefire? Israel is saying they'll do a ceasefire, but what happens? Does Hamas continue fighting? Do they try to do another attack in Israel? You don't know. You can't trust anything a terrorist says. The other question is, what happens also with Hezbollah? Do they continue attacks? Because this is not a deal with Hezbollah. This is not a deal with Iran. This is only a deal with Hamas. What about the Hootsies, too? What about on that end as well? What will they do? Will they also stop firing on U.S. interests? And also, what about what's happening in Syria and Iraq, where we know these Iranian proxies are firing at U.S. bases? Is there any sort of ceasefire agreement with them? Or do we all have to still be on guard and also Israel on guard as well? So lots of questions tonight, everybody. What are your thoughts about this deal? Is it a fair deal? Is it the right deal? Or do you think it is incredibly risky for Israel? Because we do know that right now they obviously have Hamas by the neck. You can see it. They are tied. They are going surrounding them. They are getting into some of the main infrastructure, including the Al-Shifa Hospital and some of these other hospitals. They also just recently located another Hamas headquarters. Guess what? Below a mosque. What a surprise. All of these places where so many Palestinians are essentially being used as human shields to protect, quote, Hamas, if you will. And, of course, it makes it so much more difficult for Israel. So, Is this the right decision? Is it the wrong decision? And why, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Manhattan. Michael, your reaction to this big news tonight? Rita, take a piece of Limburger cheese, put it under your nose. This stinks. Yeah, now why, why do you think it stinks? Well, for obvious reasons, Rita, your whole monologue says why it stinks. I think what's happening is Biden and Winken Blinken uh, and the team in the State Department are saying, hey, Netanyahu, enough is enough. You've done enough damage to Hamas. Why don't you be a gentleman and let some uh, prisoners go? 
Now, to be fair, allegedly they are going to be letting uh, some Palestinian women and children go. But this pause is ridiculous. Israel has them on the ropes. Yep. Continue to strangle them. Anything less than that is just foolhardy. Like I hate to say it, when they gave a thousand prisoners up for the uh, the soldier, the soldier. Died. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you, you know what? You know what, though, Michael. 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 Hang on. I I hear you. By the way, because it, it is a really tough decision, and you're right. Um, I don't trust Hamas in any shape or form, and I agree with you. It's extremely dangerous. Four days, and then if they say, "Hey, we're going to drip another ten more out," uh, and give us another day, give us another day. So remember, they've got two hundred and forty at least. They may even have more than uh, we realize because a lot of people are still unaccounted for. So if that's the case, who knows how long this drips out? And that's a very hard decision for Israel. If they suddenly say, hey, we're going to release another 10 more, you know, and if, you know, if it's another 10 more and we'll give you one more day. And can you imagine uh, what a difficult decision that is for a prime minister to say, no, we're not going to give you another day. Um, we also know that there were a number of hostages, a couple that have been found dead near the Al-Shifa hospital. There was another one that we just heard about tonight, an elderly woman who Hamas is claiming, oh, well, Israel killed her. That's what the language that they use, which is not true, obviously. But they said Israel killed her because she needed medical help and she just couldn't get it because she was a hostage because they wouldn't give us, you know, a deal earlier. So, you know, who knows what they would do if Netanyahu doesn't give another day. That's what's a scary thing. And of course, if you're a hostage family, you are begging uh, for whatever deal you can. Um, and I do think, though, if we can get a whole bunch of the hostages home and get them safe and sound, um, I do think it's I think there's something to be said for it being worth it. But you do have to wonder, you're right, what can Hamas do? So let me just ask you real quick, Michael, to your point. Are you saying forget the hostages? Is that what you're saying tonight? One second. One thing that's being forgotten. We keep saying Netanyahu might agree to. Hey, this is a unity government, so he's got to take the guys from the left into consideration. Well, guess what? He already got it. Here's the news tonight, Michael. Uh, The reason we're reporting it is the government did agree to it. It still has to go to it still has to go to the Supreme Court um, in Israel. But that's basically a foregone conclusion, pretty much. So everybody thinks if, barring what happens, I mean, in wartime, you never know what happens one minute to the next, let alone hours to the next. But barring any major change, it could happen in the next 24 hours. But the government has agreed to it, all sides. Um, at least they had enough votes to pass it. But uh, now it goes to the Supreme Court potentially for ratification, which looks like, again, as I said, is likely to give a stamp of approval. But you're right. This is very complicated. And and there's a lot. I have I'll tell you, I have, I have very mixed concerns because I don't want to give Hamas an inch, as you just said. Uh, Israel has them on the ropes. But I wonder, you know, what did they do prior to this? Because they surely had to know Israel was going to strike back after October 7th. So far, we haven't seen this like grand counteroffensive from them. I mean, we've seen a lot of missiles coming out, 
But uh, you still wonder, like, what are they planning and what could they plan if they have three or four days without any eyes in the sky? Or is there some technology Israel has that uh, maybe is out there that could potentially still keep some sort of eye or something on the ground? That's what we have to wonder. Real quick, let's go to Norm. Norm, line two, your thoughts real quick, Norm. First thing, my thoughts are, at first, I trust I trust Israel. They're between a rock and a hard place. They're doing what they have to do. It stinks. Yes, it stinks. But, you know, they're the size of New Jersey, and they're surrounded by enemies on every border. So, you know. I, and, listen, and you know I, what? I and you know what? If you're a hostage family, you you know what? This also not only, obviously, it stinks to have to give up, but but look what happened on October 7th. And these poor people are caught in the crossfire, I pray that they're in okay condition. We don't know. A number of them have been found dead. Um, and if you can get 50 of them, boy, uh, mm-hmm. that also emboldens the country a bit. I'm saying Israel because it's such a mm-hmm. cheerful. When that one, you know, when that first girl got released, remember she was, I shouldn't say got released. Uh, she was actually rescued. Remember the IDF got some intel. They got her. And then where there was the mother and daughter release and the I cried every time, Norm, you know, because you feel like, mm-hmm. you know, these people, you pray they come out safely. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you. What It's a hard position. But you say it's the right agreement. Yes. I mean, listen, I, I think uh, Hamas is going to get theirs. Jewish blood is not cheap. And, um, you know, I, I listen, I, I have the full faith that. Uh, Every one of those murdering uh, pigs are going to be dealt with. So I, uh, you know, the book is not closed yet. So that's uh, that's it. They have to do what they got to do. And I trust their decision making more than I trust the present decision making of our United States government. <laughs> By the way, Norm, you know, I uh, I agree with you on that one, my friend. Uh, at least Netanyahu seems to be uh, focused and even though, obviously, there was a lot of intel issues, uh, clearly, that missed October 7th, he has been laser-focused, he's been steadfast, and you're right. Uh, it's uh, refreshing to see a leader like that. Let's just put it that way. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls. Good deal, bad deal. Are you concerned what Hamas will do? Is this the right move for Israel? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It is a big news night here on the Rita Cosby Show as news is breaking that Israel and Hamas have agreed in principle to what will be the probably biggest prisoner swap 
in Israeli history in terms of the amount of individuals. As you just heard from one of our callers, when the soldier years ago was taken, he was a member of the military, and it was for one member of the military who was kept by the Palestinians, and he was taken captive. It was for several years. After several years, Israel did a prisoner swap, 1,000 Palestinian prisoners for that one member of the Israeli military. That is how much in Israel they value people who are taken hostage by opposing forces. And there are many that are opposing Israel, as you have seen these days. Uh, Iran, you've got, uh, obviously, their proxies, Hezbollah, and you see Hamas, you see Islamic Jihad, and you see so many others. And now tonight, this will be what we are being told for 50 hostages, many of them Israelis. There may also be some other nationalities in there, and there's a potential that some of them may be Americans. There are women and children that are being released. They are not releasing the men or any of the members of the military is what we are being told at this point. That may change. But a deal in principle that is likely to start taking place within the next 24 hours. In exchange, Israel will release about 150 Palestinian prisoners And also, they will get at least four to five days of a ceasefire, which is obviously very dangerous and risky for Israel. Your thoughts about this? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line five. Larry, your thoughts. Good evening, reader, and a happy, healthy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you, Larry. Real quick, your thoughts. Uh, My thoughts is this. Thank God these people are being released. And I don't don't think there's anybody in this country who would want their daughter, their sons, their wives, their children. Yep, I agree. But, but. But but don't think uh, for any moment that Benjamin Netanyahu is an idiot with this. No, you're right. You're right. But I wonder what will happen. It's dangerous, but I'm thrilled at the news that they hopefully will be released. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, it is a painful and powerful reminder of the sacrifice and the selfishness of our men and women in blue. This story coming from Concord, New Hampshire, where a security guard killed in a shooting at a New Hampshire hospital and a responding state trooper who fatally finally shot the suspect are being hailed as heroes, with officials saying that the tragic incident could have been so much worse if not for their quick actions. The shooting happened just after 3 o'clock last Friday and occurred entirely in the lobby of the New Hampshire State Hospital in Concord. The suspect entered the hotel lobby and he shot the security guard. 
New Hampshire State Police Director Colonel Mark Hall said, thankfully, a state trooper assigned to the hospital who was on the campus immediately responded and shot and killed the suspect. All indications are that the actions of this trooper saved many, many lives and that the trooper's actions were heroic. The identity of the trooper has not been released, but sadly, the security guard, again, who has administered uh, CPR on the site and then he was taken to a local hospital, was soon after pronounced dead. The attorney general identified the security guard as a 63-year-old man, Bradley Haas, a former chief of police for the Franklin Police Department. Haas also served for three years in the U.S. Army. And boy, what a painful and powerful story. Uh, Thank goodness, of course, the state trooper was there to take out this man uh, because he just brazenly shot the security guard and looks like he was continuing to shoot many more people inside that hospital. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with the security guard's family. What a sad, sad story. And it just reminds everybody that this work that our security guards do, our state troopers do, all of our law enforcement officers do, those that are retired from the police department as a security guard was, how important it is, how critical it is, and also how deeply, deeply dangerous it could be at any given time. Well, we are talking, of course, about this enormous news that the hostage deal has been done, both sides saying that it has been agreed to. And just a few minutes ago, the country of Qatar, which has played sort of mediator between the two, uh, has now announced also that they know that Israel agreed to it and that Hamas in Gaza has also agreed to it. So it looks like it is going to happen, barring some change or who knows what happens in war if something happens and something dramatically changes it. But if it has, you know, goes through as planned, it could happen as early as the next 24 hours. This is enormous news because it means that 50 women and children could be released in a matter of days. We could see 10 at first. We could see potentially all of them. At the same time, there are different reports that some might just release 10 and then the next another 10, another 10, another 10, or they could release all of them at once. They are, again, the mothers and kids as they are being described, because remember, Hamas took infants as prisoners. There is one individual um, who's just a few months old. I mean, think about that. A few months old taken captive. And there are, of course, elderly women and men that are in captivity. And some of them also are Americans, as we know. We believe they have as many as 10 Americans. And the question is, will any Americans be in this batch? Also, then they are saying that potentially afterwards, if everything goes as planned, and also the Palestinians in return, the Hamas get 150 Palestinian prisoners If everything goes seamlessly, which nothing usually ever does in war, but if it does, they may consider then releasing another 10 for each day of ceasefire that Israel gives them. Obviously, there is a huge, huge drawback to this. What will Hamas do every time they have a ceasefire, every time they are given evidence that there are no eyes in the sky, no drones in the sky, no bombing? Could they all escape to neighboring countries? 
Could they go underground? Could they get new weaponry? There are so many issues here at hand. Why are they so desperate to do this deal now? Because they are being encircled. But they also realize that a pause is an extreme advantage for the enemy. And so there's a lot of questions tonight how this will be implemented and the risks. But, of course, getting 50 women and children home is an enormous relief, not just to Israel. I think it's to the world and especially the hostage families. Just a little bit ago, the prime minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, met with some of the family members. Take a listen to what he said after that. Last night, I met together with the members of the war cabinet, the family members of the hostages. I listened to their distress very carefully. They described in a quivering voice, sometimes with tears, the nightmare they've been living in. And I said to them, dear families, bringing back our hostages is a sacred and most important mission, and I am fully committed to it. Just like Maimonides said, there is no greater mitzvah, there is no greater good deed than bringing back hostages. We will not relent and not cease until we bring them all all back until we release them all until we release them all he was speaking of course to the israeli public and of course that's a translator speaking over the prime minister what are your thoughts tonight with this big big news i will say it will be an incredibly emotional moment if indeed everything holds true and some of these hostages get out and come home but another delay after remember it looked like you know netanyahu was planning to have the forces go in. We even had Aaron call into the show. Aaron, if you're listening, I'd love to hear your thoughts tonight. Um, right there on the front lines before you were going into Gaza. And it was that holding pattern. And many people in the world believe it was part because of President Biden, who seemed to be pushing for at least a, quote, pause or a ceasefire. So what role did U.S. play in this? And is the U.S. getting any Americans? Dean Phillips, who is a congressman from Minnesota, who is challenging President Biden on the Democratic side, because President Biden's not too popular, even on the Democratic side, if you look at some of the latest poll numbers. Well, he just came out a little bit ago and said there should be all the Americans released. He very much took aim at President Biden over this deal and said, why isn't President Biden using strength in this? And saying, hey, we could get you a weak ceasefire, but, you know, release all 200 of them. Don't do this drip, 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 drip. He says that this shows a lack of U.S. leadership from this White House. And he questions why not all Americans and, in fact, at least 200 of the hostages. He said if he had really intervened, this president, President Biden, it could have been much more successful and much more forceful. But because it's been this drip, delay, drip, delay, and even though President Biden is saying, yeah, I support Israel, uh, he also is doing nothing to clamp down some of the furor in the Arab streets. And that is extremely dangerous at this time. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Esther in Brooklyn. Esther, your thoughts about this big news? Oh, my gosh, Rita, I am so emotional. I, I, I am so upset. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised because I, I, I listen to talk radio at WABC all the time. I'm an Orthodox, really, from Jewish woman in Bar Park, Brooklyn. And I never almost disagree with you or even get slightly upset. I, I think you're amazing and awesome. And I know your father did service. You always talk about in, in the war. And I have my grandparents were survivors. But this is so un, this is so ridiculous. This is so buckling under pressure. And yes, America has to be behind this putting pressure. And since, first of all, we never negotiate with terrorists. And these are not even terrorists. These are, like we've been saying for the past few weeks, animals, savages, demons. We can't trust them with both hands tied behind their back and their, you know, kafias tied around their eyes. They can't be trusted. You want to talk about release for hostages for hostages is, is scary enough, but okay, because yes, there are my friends and my family members on the front lines, and some of these hostages are not immediate relatives of mine, but close enough family members that have written and have given me names to pray for that we do all the time. And, and and it's horrific, and my heart breaks, and I want to see all those babies home and all those moms home. But you know what? In what condition are they coming home? And we're getting 50 for 150 that are prisoners, that are bad people. Our people there aren't prisoners. These were innocent people sleeping at night. These are babies. I agree. By, by the way, Esther, that's where... That's where I agree. I never thought uh, Dean Phillips, I would agree with Dean Phillips. Uh, but Dean Phillips, who is running against President Biden, says, you know, where where was the backbone of the U.S.? Imagine if they had tried to do a deal. I, if they were going to, they should have gotten a lot more. And they shouldn't have agreed to one day 10, one day 10, because you know what's going to happen, Esther. And this is going to be the heartbreak moment. First of all, we have to see if even this first phase happens. But I hear what you're saying, because now, boy, is Israel going to be like under talk about the pressure, because can you imagine if they say, OK, uh, we're going to give you 10 more tomorrow, but we would like two days of ceasefire or we'd like another day. And we're going to give you five or we'll give you 10. And then tomorrow we're going to give you another 10. I keep reminding everybody we have 240 hostages at least. So we're talking about if they do all of these in a staggered form. You do the math. That's at least 24 days. Uh, and they could drag it out. It could be that that could be potentially a month of ceasefire. That is that is a, such a dangerous situation. So I hear what you're saying, Esther. And, and boy, talk about the heartbreaking situation that Netanyahu is going to be in, that he's going to at some point probably get intel that they are moving weapons out, that they're doing something. And then but if you wait Another day or two, we're going to release 10, and here they are. They're going to parade their pictures and and think about the pressure on any world leader at that moment. You could get 10 people home to their families, or Hamas may sneak out. That, that, that moment is going to happen at this point because of this drip, drip, drip. Again, I agree with you from this president. On the other hand, how can you turn down freeing 50 women and kids? especially, as you say, you know some of them or you're familiar with some of them. It is, boy, it is such a hard situation, Esther, and I'm so emotional about it tonight. Esther, my father was a prisoner of war. So, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, uh, he was a, a home army fighter. And the Nazis took him and his men. If my father was in a camp right now, I'd be begging to get him out. So I understand where these people are coming from. But your thoughts tonight, Esther? 
Yeah, Rita, you know what it is also, though? You're right about your father, and, you know, God forbid my kids. And it doesn't even have to be, but the fact that it's Jewish people, it's Israelis that were innocently taken. I want every one of those moms, dads, babies, everybody home. I do. But you know what I wonder? If those people coming out, that first batch, and you could bet they're not going to be the Americans, because like you said, he's gonna, they're going to keep those so that when the pressure, when the Netanyahu says, that's it, time's up, we're coming back in, then, then... Mr. Biden will walk in and say, wait, wait, save, my guys are still there. I'm getting pressure from my families now. My guys are still there. Let's give them another three days so the Americans, they're going to hold on to those so that he can put pressure. But besides that, I'm just wondering what's going to happen when these first batch comes out, whether it's 10, 20, 30, 50, what they look like, what they repeat. And if they don't say, heaven help, we don't want the survivor's guilt. We don't want this. You know, my grandparents were survivors. I remember my grandmother saying when she saw people being shot for, and she was saved on the whatever of the next person, and she used to say, dear God, just take me with them. They're dying for a cause. God forbid, not wishing anyone death, but are they coming home with all their limbs attached? Are they coming home without the rest of the, with a quality of life for the rest of their lives? Or are they in there saying, you get in here, kill every single one of these people, and hopefully get all of us out. But if not, there sometimes I really believe willing sacrifices for the bigger cause. No, I hear you. I hear you. And, and Esther, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another personal story, Esther. Um, and I don't know if I shared this even publicly, but it's been a while. Um, I was at Fox News, and I'll never forget. Do you remember when Daniel Pearl? was taken um, at the time by al-Qaeda, of course, and uh, the Wall Street Journal reporter. They found out that that apparently myself and Larry King, there were a few shows that were being watched by people in Pakistan. Um, I had a show, a very popular show there on Fox News. And, you know, I thought, boy, I can use the microphone and we can try to at least do something to help get him out. We put uh, people close to Daniel Pearl on our show. I think Larry King also put people on his show um, and basically tried to beg to Al-Qaeda to release this man, you know, because we had a feeling they may be watching. I'd done an interview with Musharraf, then uh, the prime minister, of course, of Pakistan. And uh, then the next day, I think it was the next day or the day after they executed him. And, you know, I felt like at least I had tried, but I wish I could have saved his life. And I, I think about that. You know, I pled on the camera, but it wasn't enough. You know, that, 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 that's, that's exactly the point. You know, it's like we're praying here and we're praying. These are our brothers and sisters. This is our family. This is our land. But, but we don't trust these, these animals. We don't trust them. And they're going to give you 10, 12 people. And God help if they have a life ahead of them, because who knows? Who knows this woman, this you know, this wife that Lipschitz, or I think her niece was wife. They they had her on CBS, and I, I know a, a close friend of mine that spoke to her directly there. Her aunt was this cancer patient whose husband was killed instantly on October seventh, and she was left there. And and she said, you know, she knew right away her aunt wasn't coming out alive. There was no way she was dependent on medication. She was dependent on this, and she's like, you know what? If she went, I hope she went right away and wasn't succumbed to the torture and and who knows what because. Who knows what kind of life they they were left to lead. We used to listen to stories of my grandparents of blessed memory. None of them are alive anymore, but some of them made it till their 80s. But they told us such horrific stories. And sometimes I used to tell my my mom, I remember we would talk, I'd say, you know, Grandma, Bobby, she almost has like, like, um, 
wistfulness in her voice when she thinks of her friends that just perished over there and just went before all the torture and they knew they, they died in, in godly vain and, and that was it. It was like, I don't know. I don't know what the, what, what these lives look like. No, I you're right. Like, Esther, you're right. And, and Esther, Esther, by the way, you know, you just reminded me real quick of a story of the father of one of the hostages who thought that his daughter had been killed. And he said on camera, uh, remember, it was right after October 7th, thank goodness she was killed, not taken captive, because and now it turns out I think she has been taken captive. She's one of the ones. Esther, let's just pray for those families. Um and let's pray also that Hamas gets obliterated. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we'll continue taking your calls about this big news about a hostage deal being agreed to. It is expected to be executed between Israel and Hamas again in the next 24 hours. Also, actress Susan Sarandon saying some really disgusting stuff, and we're going to get into that. Plus, President Biden, who seems to be a bit MIA in the negotiating here with Israel and Hamas and not playing, it seems like, any role um, in clamping down on the protest. That also. Well, today he spoke about fentanyl. I was happy he spoke about fentanyl. Somehow he forgot to mention that it comes through the wide open southern border, which he created. And we're going to talk about that. By the way, we were talking about this uh, soldier, this Hebrew soldier, this Jewish soldier from years ago. Um, And it was Galad Shalit. And in this case, he was taken captive, just to give you an idea, uh, an Israeli Defense Forces soldier taken captive June 25th by Palestinian militants in a cross-border raid via tunnels near the Israel border. Sound familiar? He was held captive for five years, and he was released in a prisoner exchange. In this case, for one Jewish IDF soldier, Israel gave up hardened militants, Palestinian militants, uh, 1,027 Palestinian prisoners, over 1,000 for that one soldier, because Israel has had a history of bringing their hostages home. Uh, Let's go to Jacqueline, line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Rita, you know, I uh, agree completely with everything that your last caller said. I believe her name was Esther. Um, uh, The only thing is I would think that maybe uh, go along with this negotiation, and that way it gives Israel the opportunity. I hope everything will go well, but if not, it gives Israel the opportunity to prove to the entire world that Hamas cannot be trusted. And it gives them justification, not that they don't already have it, to annihilate Gaza permanently from the earth. By the way, I agree with you, and that's what they do have to do. I hope they get some people home before that happens, but I hope uh, that anything tied to Hamas is uh, simmering rubble at the end of all this. I agree, guys.